Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey everyone, this is Maverick Peters over at MV Podcasting. Just wanted to let you guys know this episode of Blood Time is brought to you by Chad Bronstein and the amazing people at Philo. Check them out today at www.hellofilo.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-Y-L-L-O.com. Blood Time. Here we are with another episode, and I've got an amazing guest. But before I talk about this wonderful guest, I want to thank Alan Krauss, the peaceful, the calm, the introspection that he brought uh, to us over the last episode was, was truly incredible. A plane crash survivor that did not want to be defined by that, but how he lives his life as, as a wonderful man. I want to thank you, Alan Kraus, for giving that perspective, which is rare. On to our next guest, a three-time world champion, three-time NCAA champion, two-time Ohio State champion, and our Olympian from the 1980 team, and a good friend of mine for many years. I'm glad I never wrestled him. Oh, maybe I should have. It would have been great to get my butt kicked <laughs> by a world-class wrestler, but we have today, uh, via phone, I believe, uh, all the way out on the West Coast, Lee Kemp. Lee, welcome. Peter, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be on your show. It's the second time we've done this, way back when, when uh, you were able to become the first spokesperson for wrestlers in business back in the day when we were using Billy Billy Baldwin and Wayne Boyd. Remember those days? Y- yeah, I do remember that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2010, 2011, and... It was a it was really a heady time, and now that uh, that organization uh, has grown uh, throughout the country, and I think it's like fifteen twenty thousand wrestlers strong. What a great uh, what a great story, and uh, how we were involved at the beginning. It was really cool. So, so tell me a little bit about this new documentary, Lee. Uh, wrestled away, you know, blood time. The the whole philosophy of blood time is the bond between the coach and the athlete at the high school, the, the collegiate, and in the international level. And what did that, what did that relationship create 
that transformed the athlete. So in Wrestled Away, you had some incredible coaches throughout your career from Chardon High School to University of Wisconsin to the world stage. Tell me a little bit about uh, what that what those coaches meant to you and how they impacted you in uh, in your documentary. Well, well, that's a you know as you were talking, I was just trying to frame my thoughts a little bit, but that's a, such a big, vast uh, array of people that really helped me along the way. And I, I'll have to start with my father, parents, you sure. know, for children who were fortunate enough to have parents and uh, you know in, in the home that inspire their children, and my parents certainly did that. Especially my dad, you know, he was the one that first of all taught me how to do a job correctly, you know, and like in the documentary it points out, in fact my cousin at the time uh, is doing doing the talking here, he he said that uh, when my uncle Leroy came home from work, he worked second shift and uh, if he told you to cut the grass or in the day and if it wasn't done, he'd make you get up out of that bed at 11 o'clock at night and go cut the grass. Right. My cousin was to me and him. So, so, um, all joking aside, I mean, that was serious business back then. Your dad, you know, tells you to, to do something. And uh, I'm 62, so I grew up in that age of authority. You know, your dad was the author, you know, authoritarian. You know, he, yep. he told you to do something, you did it. So I, I had that mindset, so I think that helped. Sure. So then when I got into wrestling, mm-hmm. I listened to my coaches, you know, and that's one of the things I see today that kids don't listen. You know, they, they just don't want to listen. And uh, parents, you know, have this problem with their kids. And I see coaches having some of this problem with their athletes. But right. so anyway, uh, uh, my dad told me that I could be anything I wanted, just work hard, and showed me how to do it. For example, we had a small farm in Chardon, Ohio. Right. Uh, my, my parents moved from Cleveland to Chardon, so I learned how to work on that farm. The grass wasn't the only thing we did. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure <laughs> there was enough chores there. They didn't call it farm boy strong for nothing, right? Yeah. And in fact, sometimes I neglect to bring that up. I'm telling people you. People want to know about you know some you know some of the reasons I was successful. You know, I've, I've neglected saying that for a lot of years. But man, there was times when my dad, you know, kind of made me do stuff. When I say made me, it was no. You know, I wasn't going to beat me or anything. But, you know, right. your dad told you to do something, you did it. Right. I saw him working hard out there, and I felt I needed to do it as well. So I had that I had that mindset. So then my sure. coach, uh, Richard Deppenbrock. Oh, Hall of Famer. He, he was the one who uh, saw me as a diamond in the rough. Right. And in life, we need to be able to see that, whether it's an athlete, whether it's an employee, if you're in a position of to hire people right or uh even if you're looking for a spouse <laughs> like, yeah you know, yeah you know, you're looking for that diamond right away right and there might be that diamond in the rough there and you need to have a, a perspective to be able to see that richard deppenbrock was that guy he, he always with me every literally every day after practice right and he has he used to have to make me go home it'd be seven o'clock at night right just be me and him drilling and wrestling and say lee go home Right. Gotta get home. Go home. We can do this tomorrow. He literally would do that almost every day with me. So, yep. I'm just setting up how my mindset worked. And I did the same thing with Gable when I when I started wrestling internationally. He was he worked out with me all the time whenever I wanted to work out, which was like every day. So 
um, so the movie was in the making back then, really. Right. I mean, I, I just wanted to be a champion. That's it. I just wanted to be a champion. There was no fanfare with it. I wasn't there to make any money. I wasn't there to to, uh, to brag about it or anything. I just wanted to win. I just wanted to be a champion. Well, you know, and what you're saying is, is that Deppenbrock had his mind and his heart open to you. And there's such beauty. Yeah. There's such beauty to that. And what else I'm hearing is, is that you know your coaches could be your drill partner. And this is one of the things I talk about in the room is that guys, you can coach each other too. You know, coaching comes from so many different aspects. Like you said, your father to your coach to your drill partner to you know people that are constantly in your life when it comes to this kind of a, kind of a situation. And each little th- each little is like a micro transformation. Am I correct? Yes, it is. It's, Absolutely. It, and there's one thing I want to interject quickly, too. I, I went sure. to an alumni reunion for the Wisconsin Wrestling Program. This is, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now. Right. I'm 62 now. But anyway, mm-hmm. and so in that reunion, I was talking to the various former wrestlers that were there. And one guy in particular, uh, I got in a conversation with, and I knew who he was. But, you know, after a while, when you're at this kind of function, you don't necessarily greet the person by name you start talking to them right and um i could tell that this guy didn't didn't know that i remembered him because he was he was because he said to me well, you remember you know we used to work out together yeah and i said yeah yeah david i remember that he says yeah you know i tried real hard <laughs> to make you the best wrestler you could be you know i wasn't gonna beat you i wasn't gonna make the team but yeah but man every time i came prepared to, to battle with you right and you know it touched my heart you know i said david i I his name is David Bramble. I said, I appreciate okay. you saying that because you're absolutely right. I do remember you, and I do remember you coming coming to work hard every day with me, and that, that made me better. So it, it, it's it's all the pieces have to be there. Sure. And to get to, to make the whole thing work. And and David probably was just as important to your to your transformation to your excellence as a Gable, uh, but at a different type of a situation. Because, you know, a guy like David, he was there every day. A guy like Gable, he, you know, guy with guy like Gable may be there every day, but not there physically, mentally. He was in your head. He's he was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's so many different ways to affect uh, a person. And some of the th- some of the greatest compliments that I've ever gotten in my life, and you're in my head as well, Lee. Is that like my daughter played softball and she goes, Dad, I'm, you're in my head on, on every play where to throw the ball. And so there's, you know what I mean? There's a beauty to that. And you, you're in my head because in 2010, you transformed me physically by talking about nutrition and what to stay away from and how to, you know, and so you transformed me back then I was probably about 165 pounds and now I'm 135 pounds with maybe 10, 11% body fat at 62 years old. I'm, I'm just a little bit behind you. I think I'm six months younger than you. And so I know that, that that type of a situation, Lee, can really transform people. And that's the beauty of coaching and that's the beauty of the athlete is that they take that and it becomes their DNA. And with you, I can see the DNA that is just through, you know, ripples through from, from Deppenbrock all the way to uh, maybe your, you know, your, your, what you're doing today. It's a lifestyle. It's a way that you live your life. It's 
it's who you are. Yes. And it's who you are becoming because, you know, you you can't stay stagnant ever. So you're always evolving. Yeah. And uh, so it's who you're becoming. Exactly. It's, it's again, it's not, it, there's no stopping. <laughs> there's no stasis because you just got, got to constantly get better. And, you know, and wrestled away, um, I, I watched the trailer and I got chills. Uh, Lee, you, you were in, incredible. Um, one of the top five wrestlers in the history of our, our country, if not the, the best ever. Um, and I, I know that you constantly, uh, you coach, you, you mentor, you speak, you motivate. Tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life now and how you're passing those wonderful lessons that you've learned over the years um, in, in your current work. Well, part of my life story was, uh, and it's brought out in the movie, is, you know, I, I uh, was separated from my, from my three children. Right. And in, in 2010, my daughter, uh, Mercedes, she was 16 at the time, and my son, Adam, he was uh, 10 at the time. Right. They came uh, to live with me in the Chicago area. Sure. And uh, it was a wonderful experience to be able to rebond with my, my two young kids again. Unfortunately, my older son didn't want to come. Okay. Which broke. Um, he was older. He was 17. Right. He was in a senior year in high school and just didn't want to leave all that. And um, so as a result, I just had my two young kids. But anyway, uh, but my younger son made his way into wrestling and it wasn't uh, you know it didn't happen by accident believe me I, I kind of steered him that way right I wanted to wrestle so uh, and uh, it was tough at first because he didn't really didn't really want to do it and right. he didn't have the background of being with me uh, you know from from when he was five years old till ten those years I was pretty absent in all my kids lives gotcha so um, so then at ten he he came back into my life, and so now I'm trying to parent him and my daughter, and now I'm introducing him into the sport of wrestling. And I joke and tell people that's like child abuse. Especially when they don't want to. I hear you. I hear you. It's funny. Well, I'm, I'm watching my kid get his lumps because, you know, he started late. He was, right. he started wrestling until seventh grade, and right. seventh and eighth grade. And those were like intramural programs, really. And right. Those, junior high school. A lot of junior high schools don't even have wrestling. Um, uh, my son's school, they used to roll a mat out up in the, like one of the balconies of the, of the, of the gym. It was just a small little area. The kids didn't even have wrestling shoes. It was like an intramural program. So for two years, for two months or a month and a half, that's all, that's the only introduction to wrestling that he had. Wow. So ninth grade is when he officially, you know, was on a height, you know, he's on the freshman team. Anyway, what I'm getting, the point I'm getting to is that that evolution of him, right, uh, moving him into wrestling is what's shaping my life now because now he's a scholarship athlete at Fresno State. Congratulations. So him, That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So him coming out to California, uh -huh. it just kind of made it possible for me to come out to California. Nice. Because I was a single dad with my kids and then when my son was going to be at Fresno, I was going to be alone. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to stay here. Right. So I I came out with my son, actually. You know, we, we, we drove out to California. I got him situated at Fresno. Then I started looking for a job, really. And yep. 
so I found a, a job through uh, a Team Alpha Male uh, run by and created by its founder, Uriah Faber. Okay. I'd never met Uriah before, and I knew he was a, a UFC fighter. Right. Because he was very popular, very successful, but I was in the Midwest. He was in California. He's a legend in the UFC. He's a Hall of Famer. Right. And specifically in Sacramento, California, he is a bona fide legend. Right. So I was I was introduced to him, and uh, he he gave me a job being one of the wrestling coaches. Nice. At his gym. He really didn't need another wrestling coach, but he 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 did it to help me, and it did. And so I was there for about a year, uh-huh. and so I got introduced to the to the fight game a little bit. Okay. To help the fighters uh, sharpen their wrestling skills as they release the fighting. So. So once I got here on my feet in Sacramento, I started to branch out a little bit uh, into some of the uh, neighboring high schools that had good wrestling teams, uh, some of the wrestling clubs, and that's what I do. In fact, I did a private yesterday uh, at uh, Matt Time. Nice. Wrestling club. Wow. And, and that's fantastic. So you're doing what you love, and you're by your son, and uh, and you're in California. It's it's not so bad. It's a, it sounds like a triple crown to me. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! Right, yeah, I have a, I have the ability to get to LA a lot, and uh, boy, I love it there. And it's interesting too because just recently we got some connections on Blood Time here with what you're doing. We just interviewed, and maybe you should seek him out, Barry Broom, who is the CEO of the Sacramento Sacramento Economics Council. He's doing terrific out there, and he's a former John Carroll wrestler who I had the honor to wrestle to coach. And he also wrestled and beat Billy Baldwin at the rents, the, the RIT back in 1982. So, <laughs> so we wow. got, yeah, I know, right? Barry Broom, you should really seek him out. Uh, he's a terrific, terrific guy. And at Fresno, as your son is at Fresno State. Yes. Yes. Well, my cousin, it was Jerry Tarkanian, God rest his soul, the uh, the legendary coach from UNLV. But he got his start at Fresno State, and he's a former Euclid kid who, when his dad died, when he was in eighth grade, his mother moved out to Fresno because there's a big Armenian community out there. And he was raised in Fresno, uh, but he was born and raised in, you know, in Euclid, Ohio. So it's an interesting connection that uh, Fresno and Sacramento are right in your wheelhouse. Wow, wow, what an interesting connection. Isn't that crazy? You know, and also, too, uh, speaking of the fight game, uh, Stipe Miosic is being... uh, you know, being a Clevelander and now the new world uh, champ at heavyweight, uh, one of the former John Carroll wrestlers, too, a kid by the name of Vic Ventresca, has been uh, on his team as in regards to his core strength. So there's a lot of stuff, man, that just kind of just runs around our world and, and uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's Absolutely. cool. It's cool. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with the documentary, when it's being released, and uh, uh, what, uh, where we can get this, this wonderful uh, testament to your life. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get the word out as best I can, and, uh, and this, this podcast will certainly help do that too, uh, depending on uh, when it's going to be aired. But mm-hmm. uh, it'll be available on, on, on pretty much most of the video on demand platforms uh, except Netflix so everything else right well, iTunes Amazon you know uh, YouTube you know all their video on demand platforms it'll be available and 
You could go to my my website, okay. leekemp.com. I have information there about it. Uh, you could go to my Instagram page. Uh, I've got a link in my bio okay. on my Instagram page that will take you to the iTunes page. Fantastic, and uh, we'll we'll definitely promote that as well. I have some I have some questions just as a little bit of a wrestling geek. If you bear with me, I've got I've got th- I've got three questions, okay, and they're all this they're all basically the same type of question, but they're in different categories, okay. So, who was your toughest high school match? You know what I would have to say. Uh, Jerry Metcalf, my junior year in the high school state semifinals. Okay. Because I I never wrestled anyone that good before. I mean I mean mm-hmm. I mean I shouldn't say it like that, but right. as I was as I was progressing, I was starting to wrestle guys who were tougher because I was getting closer right. to the state meet. So uh, the matches were getting tougher and then I finally in the semis was going to wrestle the defending state champion, and boy, it it lived up to all the expectations I had of wrestling someone who was who had already achieved what I was trying to achieve, and that was the state championship. So he proved to me that that he proved to me what a you know how good a state champion really is, and so it took everything I could to beat him in that match. Wow, what uh, what high school was he from? Perrysburg. Okay, I, I just talked to him, I he just talked to him. He's in my documentary, so uh, right. he was nice enough to be, you know, to provide an interview, and so uh, he and I have reconnected after, you know, I wrestled him back in 1973. Wow. So wow. he, you know, he, he participated in the documentary, and, and we talked just about a week ago, actually, because I was just letting him know the documentary was finished. I wanted him to make sure he saw it, so. Uh, That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And so that transitioned you to the to the level that yeah I can do this doggone thing, that's 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 eye opening, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. In fact, um, four people who are in my documentary unfortunately are no longer living. They, they yeah. passed away. Uh, one was a childhood friend. He gave an awesome interview and made some uh, cool, very cool comments. Uh, Jerry Ashford is his name. Oh yeah, he's only a couple years only a couple years older than me, actually. I know. Uh, I know. We're we're getting we're, we're getting at that age, no. Lee. Though we're getting at that age, my friend. It's sad, but we we do lose people. Yeah. Though, you know. Yeah. It is sad. And let me move on to the next question. Who was your toughest college match? I'd say. Uh, Kelly Ward. Oh yeah. Because because I had to wrestle him so often. You right. know, I mean, he was. I wrestled him twice in the national finals. Right. Wrestled him in the dual meet twice. East West All Star meet twice. Right. The only tie on my record, um, or one of the few, which I think was that. Um, yeah, the only tie on my record is from Kelly Ward in the East West All Star match. I'll be done. So, so yeah, he he was tough. He was very tough. Came to wrestle all the time, and uh, I would say we're friends. Although we don't, you know, we're not. There's not many occasions we see each other, but right. He's always he's always very very gracious, and we always have pretty cool conversations. 
He was just, he was just, what made him so tough that he was just, he just wouldn't go away or was he good defensively? Was he good offensively? What do you, what do you think was his strong, strong suit? I, I, I'd say the thing that made him, he, he just, he was, um, he was good defensively. Okay. And, and he was strong. He was a pretty strong, and, and, and he was, he was mentally tough, which, which proved to be also correct in his, in his professional life. You know, he was a Secret Service uh, officer or agent and, you know, did things involving that whole arena of, of uh, special forces or, or uh, uh, Secret Service agents, I guess. Gotcha. So, so he's a pretty tough guy, I guess, I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, the mental toughness is extremely important in our sport. To be able to concentrate and keep that level of concentration and intellect is yeah. extremely important because we are a strategic sport. There's no question. And then my last question on this, on the international stage, who was your toughest competition? International was always the Russians. Gotcha. It was always the Russians. Because it's a mental thing to wrestle a Russian because they always are prepared. They, they're, they're fundamentally so sound. Right. You know, any Russian could beat you at any time because they're so fundamentally sound. Right. Uh, they always come prepared. They take a lot of pride in wrestling. Sure. And so they they come to win. So when you beat a Russian at any time, right, you should feel proud. So uh, I, a Russian always played a factor in each of the world championships I was in. They were always tough. Right. Sometimes the match wasn't always the toughest match, but it was always the toughest match from a mental standpoint going into it because you knew they were always going to be ready. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm going to finish with this this question and. This is, you know, something that probably you and I both can maybe uh, dream about. I would never, never be able to do this. But right now, if you were the 26-year-old Lee Kemp, who would you like to, to wrestle from our team in a uh, match kind of like Apollo Creed and Sylvester Stallone after, the <laughs> after they're about to see who actually is the best of the best of the best? On our current wrestling team. I'd like to do a round robin with Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs. Yeah, baby. (laughs) We'd all love to see that. 26-year-old Lee Kemp, let's go. (laughs) I don't think they'd be able to score on you, my man. (laughs) That would be something, wouldn't it? Well, we're going to see Kyle Dake and and Burroughs go at it. Because Dake is uh, going down. So, that should be it. Yeah. Yeah, That'll be nice. They they both are going to be... You know, unfortunately, Jordan is in his thirties. Oh, Kyle's not young anymore. Young anymore. I mean, no. he's not thirty, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 at the age thing is definitely in Kyle's favor. It's just hard to be where 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 you need to be when you're thirty-two. Yeah, so thirty-three, which Jordan's going to be, but at the time they wrestle. Well, this and but I will tell you though, this generation has a leg up because of nutrition and the training is just people have access to much better stuff than we did even though we were we were trying to be the best we could be uh the the, the nutrition today particularly is just much better i think uh oh, so you and you're seeing it and you're seeing it at the, at the athletic level in the professional sports where a guy like you know lebron or some of these guys in baseball even football like you know brady uh if you have access to that type of nutrition and that type of training you can stay with that you can stay with it uh, although our sport is extremely demanding, but in other sports, man, I, you know, it's amazing the longevity. 
when you look at Daniel Cormier at uh, 40 plus, right? That's still competing, and you're and you're in favor. Yep. Recently had a fight, and he's 40. Yep. Exactly. And you started it, my man. And and Lee, I really um, I can't tell you how much I I'm honored and thankful that uh, you and I are friends and. Uh, you were able to do this podcast. It means a lot uh, to me, but it also means a lot to the community that you're doing what you're doing. And uh, I know we all love you for it. So uh, thank you. Continued success, much success with Wrestled Away, the documentary of your life. Good luck to you uh, and, and stay in touch. I will, Peter. Thank you so much for having me in on your podcast. Thank you. Well, this is Blood Time. This is Lee Kemp, three-time world champion. We are blood. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Cimarroni Couture. We have a Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's special that we'd love to present to you guys. Buy one suit at $10.95 or higher and get one at 50% off now until January 2nd or buy one entry-level suit at $7.95 and get a shirt for free. Check us out at Cimarroni Couture. That's Cimarroni Couture, 216-287-1522. I want to leave you with this thought of the day with a nod to Jeff Bezos. Intellect is a gift. Kindness is a choice. Make it your way of existence. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access.